May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be ever acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. It is so good to be among you this second Sunday of Resurrection. I'm Martha Hubbard. I'm your regional canon. I met some of you maybe before the service in the forum. It's wonderful to be with the families of those who are about to be baptized. So I want to share with you just a few thoughts on our gospel. Recently, I was reminiscing with a friend of mine who knew me when I was in my early 20s, just after college, before I went off to seminary, before I was married and had children, long time ago. We laughed as we reminisced about the funny things that we did during that chapter of our lives together and how we had both kind of awkwardly stumbled into adulthood. My friend loves to remind me that I was pretty tightly wound back then. I grew up in a family where we believed that we could wrestle life into going our way, and not only that, we could do it perfectly. Modulating those kinds of ideas to more balanced approaches to living has been part of my spiritual path ever since. But back in my Back in those days, my early 20-something self walked around with my shoulders off and clenched up almost to my ears with the stress of trying to keep the world going in the way I knew it should. How fortunate I was in that chapter of life that a special mentor arrived on the scene. She was easygoing. She laughed a lot. And once she recognized how uptight I was, which I'm sure didn't take her very long, she decided to teach me the simple discipline of breathing deeply. Time and again, she reminded me, breathe deeply. Stay in the present moment. Accept life as it is and start from there. So I began practicing that simple, centered breathing, that being in the moment, and it has gotten me through time and again ever since. I think that's why I love the collect for purity, which we pray almost every Sunday at the outset of the Eucharistic liturgy. Today we did not pray it because the baptismal liturgy begins in a different way. But I love the collect for purity because it connects me back to the healing wisdom of my mentor all those years ago. And it connects me to the healing power of God working in my life. So here it is. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your glorious name through Christ our Lord. Amen. I love 
that one particular line, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration, literally the breathing in of your Holy Spirit. When I do that, when I breathe deeply of the Holy Spirit, then I can exhale all that left my own devices, I mistakenly, time and again, put in the place of that inspiration. Things like my own strivings, my desire to be in control of life, my desire to get it all right. Every time I pray this prayer, I am regrounded and ready to live as part of Christ, embedded in his body, alongside of you, in this moment, in his mystical body, made up of you and me. Our gospel passage from John this morning tells us that the risen Christ comes to his followers declaring peace. To them, not once, but three times in that gospel we read. He shows them the wounds of his crucifixion in his resurrected flesh. Then he breathes the Holy Spirit onto them. Isn't that a wonderful image? I wonder what his resurrected breath felt like. I'm thinking a warm spring breeze. I wonder what it smelled like. Maybe a bit what we smell in here, Easter lilies. Suddenly, those who were terrified, those who were cowering behind a locked door, awaken to the present moment, to resurrected life in their midst. They inhale the Holy Spirit and exhale the fear that had gripped them. For three days. The gospel goes on to say that Thomas was not with them when they received this baptism of breath and spirit. And as with any deeply life changing experience, you kind of have to be there. So Thomas did the honest thing when the others told him about it. He said that he needed to experience it for himself. He said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of those nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. Many have called him Doubting Thomas. I see more honest clarity than doubt in Thomas. But it turns out Thomas does not get what he thinks he needs to be drawn into the reality of Christ risen from the dead. He thinks he needs proof, but instead he needs connection. When Christ appears to him a week later, Thomas does not take a magnifying glass and inspect the wounds of crucifixion. We're not told that he touches Jesus at all. Instead, he hears Christ's voice, breathes in his presence, and his faith response is instant. My Lord and my God. In our own brokenness, in our own fear, in our own woundedness, may we find that connection to Christ risen 
and present with us, just as Thomas and the others did. May we breathe deeply of the Holy Spirit and let it draw us more fully into the life of resurrection. In just a few moments, we will baptize several little ones who are young enough still to have the dew of heaven on their brows. They have not yet learned to separate themselves out from the experience of the holy and the here and now. Let us breathe deeply with them this morning as we call the Holy Spirit to hover over us, to graft them into the body of Christ. That mystical body, astoundingly made up of the likes of you and me. In the name of the risen Christ, alleluia. Amen.